Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, all phone guests on the Goodyear hotline. Then there's Dan Graziano, who's going to stick around in studio because he gave us talk so straight. It was, we couldn't even believe it. That was some straight talk in the last segment. And listen to the suggestion here. And I'm such an idiot about this. It never even occurred to me because, well, he already has a a starting quarterback job, right? When we're talking about who the Saints, if and who they should target to play quarterback, Dan brought up Teddy Bridgewater, who was 5-0 with the Saints. If anything, their defense has gotten better since then, Dan. He spent two years there, right? I mean, look, when, when they give Jameis Winston the job out of camp this year, part of the reason you feel comfortable doing it is he spent last year learning and, and practicing in the offense. Sean Payton's offense is not an easy one for someone to come in and pick up right away. You bring in somebody who doesn't know it, you're going to have to spend some time teaching them. This guy knows it. Obviously, his team's in sell mode. Uh, the, my understanding is of the trade that sent him from Carolina to Denver is Carolina paid all but $3 million of his salary. So when you think about what it would cost financially to bring him in, a little more than half of that with a little more than half the season left, to me it makes sense. I I don't know why if you're the Saints you wouldn't at least make the phone call and find out if you can get him. Yeah, when when he left to the Carolina Panthers, it wasn't because of the ability to play. It was the ability to get paid. He hadn't had a payday since drafted uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. So, Dan, when you brought that up, I didn't even – Yeah, yeah, when he left the Saints to go to Carolina, it was a money play more so than it was his ability to get – plus they had Drew Brees and and he didn't want to sit around when it was time to get paid. But if you brought this up, Dan, it wasn't something that even dawned on me. But now that I'm thinking and I'm sitting around and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, Denver is selling everything. So why not? You get another look at Drew Locke if that's what you want. But certainly if I'm – not only if I'm Teddy – not only if I'm the New Orleans Saints, if I'm Teddy Bridgewater and his representatives, oh, I'm on the phone. Say, Sean, man, I love you, dog. I miss you. Can you please bring me back? I'm doing all that. Dan, what what do you think the ceiling is with Teddy Bridgewater if the Saints were to get him? It's different from what you have with Jameis Winston because he's not going to push the ball down the field like you can with Winston. But they weren't doing a lot of that with Jameis anyway, right? I mean, yep. Teddy can operate the offense in a way that I, I think would would be beneficial to them as they lean on their very good defense and Alvin Kamara and Key's nephew if he ever shows back up and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's, it's you know what you have, what the ceiling – I mean – you know, I, I, I don't think the ceiling's much higher than what they have now, but I think it's a little higher than what you can do with Taysom Hill, if only because it allows you to keep Taysom Hill in that sort of valuable Taysom Hill role that he plays. Meantime, yeah, from Bridgewater. If from, he shows up, when he shows up. Why well, you say you didn't know when? I'm talking about Michael Thomas now. Keyshawn's nephew, Michael Thomas, all world receiver. Me something. Yeah. Uh, but from Bridgewater's point of view, as, as Key brought up, it, like, Bridgewater's a guy who in a parallel universe is a franchise quarterback somewhere, right? But oh, yeah. the way his career panned out, they didn't give him too much to do early, which was smart. He was having some success. He was winning games. Then he gets hurt. He never quite gets a team again. Uh, he finally goes, as Key said, for the payday. He wants to get paid. 
has a bad season in Carolina, right. follows it up with a losing season in Denver, yeah. to go back to the Saints is it be a godsend for him. I, I think so. And, and to the question of the ceiling, right, like we've seen it. He had the opportunity. Carolina was his. And he had a good supporting cast. And, and obviously McCaffrey got hurt. That didn't help anything. But still good receivers and everything. And we'll go to Denver. They have an excellent supporting cast around him on that offense. Hasn't done a lot there. I think we know what kind of player he is. He's not, it's not like you're not bringing in Aaron Rodgers. You know, you're not bringing in Russell Wilson. You're, you're bringing in a guy that can manage your offense. And if you're good otherwise, I think you could win games. So to me, it makes sense to at least find out. I don't know if Denver would do it. I have no indication that they're interested in doing it. I know they Damn. like Teddy Bridgewater a lot there, but they just traded their franchise icon pass rusher yesterday, so it would seem like anything. What do you think it would take to get him? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, I don't know. To, a quarterback in season, uh, if you're Denver, you feel like you could probably hold them up for something real good because you know how desperate they are. Yeah, what, what do you trade a starting quarterback for in season? Probably better than the two and the three you got for Von Miller, right? Well, the last time I saw this happen was, ironically – it, Teddy Bridgewater, it right. was Sam Bradford for Teddy Bridgewater to replace him when right. he tore his ACL when he was with the Minnesota Vikings right and the, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles got Minnesota's one. So that's a good starting point. That is true. That, then, then, then the Saints have wow. to do a calculation. Yes. Right. Does Bridgewater give them a first-round pick premium right. over what they already have, which is competent, right? Probably Don't they? Not. Yeah, I wouldn't. If it's going to cost you a first one, round, you probably yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't do that, it. Right, Dan? I wouldn't think so. I mean, because they're, I mean, they're sitting there. They're 5-2. and two, They're pretty good. Like, if you're the Saints, do you see yourselves as, hey, we can win this year's Super Bowl? I think, I think a little more of Bridgewater. Like, at the time, it made sense for them to move on from Bridgewater because he was going to be expensive, and they had a guy who could approximate him, yeah. Dan, as a backup. He wanted to go but, somewhere and start. Right. For sure, and sure. No, on top but, of that, though, Dan, a lot of people don't even realize that Trevor Simeon, the Bucks didn't prepare for him. They didn't prepare right. for him. All of a sudden, Trevor Simeon's in the game. It's like, well, what type of quarterback is this? Okay, here's what he is. Two, three weeks from now? People are going to prepare for him. Yeah. There's no question. No question. That success, that mild success he had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be different three weeks from now. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that if you're unprepared for Trevor Simeon, you know, that, then, you know, hell will rain down on you. Like, to Simeon, you know, you got to prepare for that. Look, I mean, look, I, he's, he's a backup. I think they can That's probably win is. a couple games mm-hmm. with him. But exactly. A backup, is, even a good backup, is someone you can count on for a couple of games and then probably not sustain production over the course of, say, half a season. Let's back up again to the premium Bridgewater might offer here. When he originally left, mm-hmm. it was for the money. And from the Saints' point of view, from Sean job. Payton's point of view, he's thinking, okay, Bridgewater as a backup, it's not worth the amount of money we'd have to pay him to keep him on the roster as a backup quarterback, right? But now, as a starter... It's worth. It's more valuable. A little bit better is more valuable if you right. think you might be ready to win a Super right. Bowl, right? You don't have to pay him again. You're, you're going to pay him like one point six for the rest of this year if you acquire him right now. I mean, in draft pick capital. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, look. I mean, we're 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 down way down a hypothetical road here, by the way, right? I, 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 <laughs> I haven't had any indication that that either of these teams is considering such a good this idea, move. though. It's just a really good idea. So now we're hypothetically saying what would it cost, and if the answer happens to be. A first-round pick, that's a very difficult thing for teams you to know part what? with. Chris Mortensen, ESPN NFL Insider, of course, on the 6 o'clock Sports Center yesterday, has another name that should be in consideration for the Saints in a few weeks. Listen. Now, Rivers, I had some contact with him. He has kept the window cracked. He had a successful season that finished Friday night at St. Michael's. 
but he would not speak to the Saints out of respect to Jameis and that injury situation. And he is in shape. The window is cracked open. I would note, for things to be right, it would have to be a playoff team, a good coach, and geographically friendly. He lives near Mobile, Alabama. I checked. It's a two-hour and 15-minute drive to New Orleans. So nothing will happen right now, but two or three weeks down the line, if something's just not right with that quarterback situation with the Saints, I think Phillip Rivers has to be in consideration and uh, keep an eye on that one. And Cam Newton certainly can't be ruled out. I like Mort as a reporter, right? He, like he's getting into the map quest of it all. Like, right? Like I'm going to find out how, how far Mobile is from, from New Orleans. Yeah, look, it's... I can't do Phillip Rivers, man. Why not? Just because he, he's a statue in the pocket. Yeah. Like, I watched him a like ton. Jameis Winston running around a whole no, bunch? No, no, but I mean, at least the optionality of being more mobile. And I, yeah. and I feel Phillip Rivers, because the talent, I see what he was able to do. But I also watching him with the Colts, like, he just was a, he was a standstill target. It was just um, – It's the remains of Phillip yes, Rivers at this point. you need to have a really strong offensive line, but the Saints believe they do. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it could work. The, the key – I mean, the key thing to remember is we're talking about – all imperfect options, right? None, none of these guys are going to be your first choice. If you're the Saints, your first choice just got hurt. So there's going to be a flaw or two with whoever you yeah. decide to bring. Key, in. who do you? Th- what do you think about Philip Rivers as a possibility? Well, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, there's a reason he all. retired, right? I, you know. uh, yes. Yeah. I like him. He's he's cool and all that, and I know he's one of the top quarterbacks to ever play in a game, and he deserves an opportunity, and we love him, and he could have been on good on TV and. No, man, just stay coaching. Don't We don't need to see that. Don't. Hey, Dan, when has that ever worked out, though? Guy retires, chills for like half the season, comes back, and then it never works. Oh, you think it, it's you, like Roger Clemens. That, but that's a different that's Yeah, a different, different sport. sport. Yeah. But, well, you know, when guys like Jim Palmer were like, I'm going to make a comeback. It's like, Jim, there's a reason that you, uh, t- speaking of baseball, there's a reason you retired in the first place because you weren't as good anymore. All the, all the former football players I work with always tell me, once you're retired, you're, you're retired. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by DraftKings. Sign up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, and use code KJM to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit minimum, $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And this time I mean it. Thank you, Dan. All right, I'm out of here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. We had Key's Real Rankings, but there are rankings we'll see today that have a much realer impact. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The college football playoff top 25 to be revealed for the first time this season. Tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And Paul Feinbaum joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Paul. Paul E. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? Well, we're, we're doing good now that we got you here. Who, who's in the top four right now, Paul? Who's in your top four? You start with Georgia. That's not in dispute. And after that, I would put Alabama next. I don't think this committee will, Max. Uh, I think you'll see either Cincinnati, Michigan State, or Alabama, some combination of that. Uh, I, I think the most interesting school tonight is Cincinnati. They have that one big win at Notre Dame. Uh, they play clearly in a, in, a, in a subpar conference compared to the, the big boys. Uh, but uh, they have not lost a regular season game in two years, and uh, they have the public uh, support. Whether that means anything to these 13 people on the committee, I don't know. All right, Paul, that, that's yours. But yeah, I know that you and the committee think differently at times. What, what do you think the committee, what do you think their top four will be? Yeah, I, I, I think after Georgia at number one, uh, my guess is Michigan State because they've, they've had a very impressive run. Uh, probably Cincinnati and Alabama. Uh, you know, they, they value what happens on the field, and we all know Alabama's lost. The confusing thing I will say this, Jay, Jay Will, right now, is do not under any circumstance get too hung up on what you see tonight. I, I realize it's the first reveal, and it's very important, and we're all excited. However... They, there are a lot of games left that will matter a great deal, especially for a school like Ohio State, who lost earlier in the season to Oregon, but still has Michigan State on November 20th and Michigan at the end of the month. And, and those are powerful games in terms of improving their resume. It's also going to be interesting to see how the committee divvies up Oregon in Ohio State. Remember, they met second week of the season. Oregon won the game, uh, even though I think right now, and I hope our g- later guest isn't listening, that, that Ohio State probably uh, is trending in a better direction than Oregon. The committee likely will value uh, what happened on the field, uh, which is understandable. Paul, what does Cincinnati need to be in tonight's ranking to have a legitimate shot uh, at the college football playoff. We know they beat Notre Dame, right? And then from there, you kind of got to find something and put it together to make a case. And it's hard to do, Keyshawn. Uh, if they are at the number four position, I would be very concerned because they would. I think they're going to move down. Uh, if they're number two or three, then th- th- they can breathe a little bit easier. Their problem is is the schedule. Uh, they have SMU in three weeks. That is a good game if you're a football junkie, but if you're sitting there watching at a bar in Manhattan, you're going like, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of garbage is that? I'm not, get that off my TV. Um, so, uh, and, and, and seriously, SMU lost over the weekend, which, you know, again, the same guy, same guy in the bar didn't see because they, they were playing Houston, but the committee pays attention to all this wonkiness so I think if, if they're below three, they're in trouble. Paul, I, I've been hearing Mel Tucker's name a lot, a lot more now associated with you know, all these different schools that are looking for jobs. Like where, where do you think – I'm not trying to 
take him away from Michigan State right now. But are you hearing the same? Is there that same excitement about Mel Tucker? Yes. Uh, and what's interesting, uh, three weeks ago when Mel Tucker's name came up, a lot of people are shaking their head going, I, you know, who is Mel Tucker? Uh, he's moved jobs. Uh, he went to he, he was an assistant under Saban and then Kirby Smart. And then he went to Colorado for a year and then he went to to, to Michigan State. But but that that was a signature win the other day. And, and I think what it's done is it, it, it makes it easier for him to be hired at LSU. And he's clearly near or at the top of that list. I also think it, it, it puts a lot more pressure on the people in East Lansing to keep him. Uh, you know, it, a win like that, and suddenly you call the big, the big boosters, the guys that own the, the food chains and everything else, and go, hey, uh, we, we need money to keep this guy here. And the fact that he just beat Jim Harbaugh makes it easier, uh, I think, to make that happen. Um, Paul, we have uh, Mario Cristobal on the show at 9.45 a.m. this morning. Where do you think Oregon will be ranked in tonight's rankings? I think they'll be uh, probably fifth or sixth, and and uh, you know they they lost one game uh, in overtime at Stanford, but they have one of the two or three best wins of the year in college. Well, like, let me let me correct myself. I think they may have the best win of the year in college football, going uh, to the horseshoe and, and beating Ohio State. And I will say this about Mario Cristobal: uh, for those who don't know much about him, he is a superb coach. He's a great recruiter. Uh, he was at Alabama for a number of years under Nick Saban, and they love him in Tuscaloosa. Well, I say that because you're always looking ahead as who could end up taking Nick, uh, Nick Saban's place whenever he leaves. Mario Cristobal would be very uh, much on the top of that list right now. Now, the question is, his name comes up for every job. It, it came up for, for SC a couple right. of weeks ago, as you guys remember. I, I think he is in a great spot. At Oregon, I don't think he'll leave right now, but but he is going to he he is and will continue to be one of the hottest coaches in the country. Paul, you run the SEC. You got all the information. You know where the bones are buried down in that country and that land. Um, what did you make of Dan Mullen's comments that he won't talk about recruiting outside of the recruiting season for whatever strange reasons? And when you think about it, could his job be in jeopardy at Florida? Keyshawn, I, I thought it was it was one of the most foolish comments I've I've heard from a big time coach in a long time. And 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 so for a little bit of context here, Dan Dan Mullen uh, has done a good job at Florida. Uh, he he played in the SEC championship game last year. He nearly won uh, against Alabama this year in September, but he has been unable to recruit at, at the same level as Kirby Smart at Georgia and Saban. And even and even uh, Coach O at LSU, and it has baffled people. This is a, this is a guy that coached Tim Tebow. Uh, he coached Alex Smith earlier in his career. He pretty much uh, turned Dak Prescott into a no name uh, at Mississippi State, and we all know what, what Dak is today. But you know, I I can't quite explain it. There are a lot of theories on on all this. So what happened the other day? To getting to your question. Kirby Smart, after the, the Georgia beatdown of Florida, was asked about recruiting, and he said, listen, that's, that's, that's the most important thing you have to do. It, it pains me to leave my family, but I have to go out there and recruit uh, nonstop so we can have the kind of players that you saw here today. Dan Mullen was asked about recruiting on Monday, and he said, well, you know, we don't talk about recruiting uh, during the season. We'll talk about it afterwards. 
he, he was essentially saying, I don't want to talk about it right now because I, I know the next question is, how come you're getting your brains beat in by Kirby Smart uh, on the recruiting trail? But it was an inarticulate answer. Uh, everyone knows recruiting never ends. I mean, Keyshawn, the, the great coaches don't ever take a day off on recruiting. You can't. And, and Dan Mullen just sent the wrong message out at the wrong time. He, he, had, he, he has had top 10 classes, but he's never broken through the upper echelon. But what's interesting is you can, you can finish 10th or 11th in the nation in, in recruiting on recruiting day, and you know where that puts you in the SEC? Fourth or fifth, and that's not good enough. And, and, and back to your final question, you know, is his job in, uh, in jeopardy? I don't think so. He'll do the usual, fire the defensive coordinator and make other staff changes. But he is veering, uh, he's trending in the wrong direction down there, and that is a premier job. Speaking of firing and all that and having that conversation, we are now in the month of November, so we know how that starts and heads start to roll, right? Um, Jim Harbaugh, he just can't seem to beat his rivals. Now all of a sudden Mel Tucker is 2-0 and against the Michigan Wolverines since taking over Michigan State's program. We know the record against Ohio State. Where is he at the end of the season? Is he still in Michigan, Paul, or is he looking for another job, possibly back into the NFL? Well, I, I think if he's not looking for another job, he, he's foolish. And I don't think Jim is foolish. Uh, I, I would be hesitant to bury him yet, Keyshawn, but I'd grab a shovel just in case. Uh, and, and here's why. He still has Penn State. That game is in, in State College. Uh, Penn State's very capable of beating Michigan. And then the, the, the end of the year game at home against Ohio State. And if he doesn't win either one of those games, even though his record may be okay, 8-4, uh, and 9-3, and three, that's really not enough to satisfy people. He was hired to beat Ohio State, and he's been unable to do that. And he, he really can't even beat Michigan State, which should not be a rival. Uh, not to start a, 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 an in-state feud, but Michigan State, sh- shouldn't they be Michigan's little brother? But they're not. Uh, and, and it's a real issue. And, and I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to pull the trigger on him too quickly, even though I think I fired him back in August before the season started on this show. But, yeah, he, 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 he's going to have to beat Ohio State to save this season. And right now, I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah, Michigan State with a running back, Kenneth Walker, the third. Five TDs and 193 yards. Can't beat the uh, in-state rival. The great Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Paul. Talk to you next week. Always great to hear from you. All right, Paulie. Thank you, Max. See you guys. Paul Feinbaum is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and fans are hyped. Crack open an ice cold Dr. Pepper, slap on a fresh coat of face paint, and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville. Buy Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. A Monday night win. But was it convincing enough? Jeff, Saturday on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you're bundled. <clears throat> Let's try that again. <laughs> Key knows every day around 7.30 it happens to me. <clears throat> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. And Jeff Saturday indeed joins us, giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Jeff, your takeaway from the Chiefs' win over the Giants. It was a must win. Listen, and they got it. It ain't pretty. It's like in in, in my golf game. They don't draw pictures, right? The score is what it is, and I love that. (laughs) And in football, it's no different. They had to have that. They're about to go through a gauntlet in in their schedule. They got the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. They had to have this one. Uh, They went out and got it. And here's the key for me. 
I feel like the Chiefs are stubborn right now, right? When, like when you're watching the game, they're not allowing the game to come to them. They're trying to force everything. You're watching Mahomes get pushed out of the pocket early, and he's not effective. I think he was 4 of 13 yesterday outside the pocket. Um, he's thrown, I think he's thrown six interceptions outside the pocket this season alone. He had five all in his career before this. So teams are making him move. They're making him uncomfortable, not allowing him to hit big shots down the field. But man, run the football. Like, like if, if and, and listen, I know I'm an O lineman, and everybody thinks you know all, all he all he cares about is O line. But there's something about True. being able to turn around and hand the ball off and feel comfortable you're going to gain yards. And they were gaining them last night, and they would get away from it. So it was dumbfounding to me, and I, that goes back to coaching from Andy Reid's perspective. Like, you got to trust what's happening and and how you're being effective. And by the way, that helps your defense as well. They just got to stop being stubborn. Should we just believe that this is who they are? Yes. I, so yes. this is yeah okay yeah, so man, and this, is, is, this is who they are is this team that can make the playoffs absolutely they can but they have to do it in this way here's the problem for the Chiefs if you look at the Chiefs penalties were a nightmare last night well they had 14 penalties Same something for the Giants, stupid yeah. right I mean it, it, it's it's an awful night right then you have the turnovers poorly done can't turn the ball over right so if they if they minimize their mistakes this is what the typical NFL football team faces but the the, the difference with the Chiefs is you know they have that extra gear in them but you have to allow those plays to come. Listen, in, in Indy, we went through a phase where we were scoring a ton of points. And then all of a sudden, we started turning the ball over. We weren't doing what we were supposed to. Defenses were playing us a little different, which is what's happening with the Chiefs as well. Two high safeties and make it, kind of making it look murky for quarterbacks, right? So not all the big plays were coming. You got to settle down. Settle into what most NFL teams face, which are – last-minute wins, be okay with a 20-17 to victory over an ugly team, and be good with it, bro, because it's a freaking W. Mm. Go on and be happy with it. Jeff, you know, you're close to that situation in Indy, clearly, because you are one of the greats in Indianapolis code history. But what the hell happened to Carson Wentz with about two minutes left of that game? He went from having a decent game to looking like he forgot how to play football at the end of that game against the Titans. Cost them the game, Key. You know what I mean? Cost them the game. Like, like you know, we, we, we can always – we always talk about, like, there's four or five plays in a game that ultimately decide the game. Well, those two from your quarterback cost you. You can't be backed up on a screen play, which is an easy dump off or, or an easy get rid of, right? It's a bailout play. It's a bailout call and play. So, you know, if it doesn't work, you know, protect yourself. Don't, you know, don't do something stupid. He does something stupid. But then in overtime, it's even worse. Like, I'm just telling you, the overtime interception to me was the most uh, – it was one of the most frustrating things I've seen. He clearly has Jonathan Taylor over the middle wide open. And, and there's not anybody within 15 yards. And he tries to force it into triple coverage on the back end. Like, like go th- you don't need to be a hero. Like, your team is better – than, than, than Tennessee at that moment. You can go win this game, but instead you try to force something in, and you cost your team the game. Don't be the hero. Like Carson, we don't need a hero in Indy. You know, offensive line, defense is very good. We can win that way. You are costing the team, not helping them in those two, those two plays uh, on Sunday. So now there's no Derek Henry. He's out. Obviously, Adrian Peterson comes over for them. But yeah. I, the, how much more pressure does this put on Frank Reich and Adrian Carson Wentz? Oh, huge. I mean, l- listen, like, like – 
now there's an opportunity, right? Because Derrick Henry is now out of your division. There, there's three games up on you, but you're trying to make the playoffs at this point, right? Three, you're going to have to go 7-2 and two probably the rest of your games. So if you're Frank, there, you know, it, you, you better hit the accelerator. Like no there excuse. is no – yeah, otherwise it's over. Because it, this one right here was a nail in the coffin, losing this game when you had it – when you should have won this game. This is the one they'll go back on. If they don't make the playoffs, and they'll kick themselves for this game. Yeah, it's a killer to lose Derrick Henry, but – Oh, the Colts. Carson Wentz a fatally flawed quarterback. I hate to I like I hate Stop to say he's that, a fatally bro. flawed quarterback. <laughs> he is not. He, Look he what just and happened. he's played well. Look what just happened. <laughs> I mean, Look what, he did. He played yeah. well. Look what just well, happened. Season on the line. But Jeff, season on the line. You're right. Season on the line. I can't defend it. I wish I could because uh, I, he has been playing decent. Those two I, and again, man, like as an offensive line and a defense. Like when you walk to the sideline and you're like, dude. Did you bump your freaking head? Like, yeah. like, what are you even thinking? Putting the ball in your left hand, trying to throw. Like, even if you throw it, like your 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 running back is literally chopping the backside in. So there's nobody over there either. Like, I don't, I don't even know what you're thinking. Y'all he about wasn't to get me turned thinking, up this one. Jeff, yeah. I'm gonna get ticked problem. off. That's the problem, and that's the great Jeff Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate as always. Y'all. Why Key thinks the Chiefs are not done just yet. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy chiefs get a win on monday night football it was not a convincing win we know they don't cover the spread very often. Never. But that was close call against the Giants team that's not exactly setting the world on fire. And now the Chiefs play the Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys in the next three weeks. So, Key, what adjustments on the field do you need to see from the Chiefs? You were talking earlier in the show, you know, people are, you know, teams are adjusting. They need to adjust. So what adjustments do they need to make if they're going to get back in the playoff hunt? Well, I think they just got to take a look at self-check, right? What are we doing that's good? And, and clearly keeping the ball, you know, 
five, six, seven yards from the line of scrimmage is what they do well right now. Pushing the ball down the field is not what they do. And I think Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, who is the primary play caller, will go and make that adjustment, and they'll be fine moving forward. What about from a personnel standpoint? Should the Chiefs – look – the trade deadline is eight hours and 14 minutes and 30 seconds from right now. Should the Chiefs consider Odell Beckham Jr. today in a trade? I think, you know, I think it's more about what they're doing on the field than the actual personnel. OBJ is a sexy name. There's no question about it. He can certainly help a lot of football teams because he has a lot of talent that that is being wasted right down in Cleveland for whatever weird reasons that is. Uh, you got to think about the economic side of it. But there's also a guy in Miami and Devontae Parker, the Miami Dolphins. Maybe they look at them. They're one and eight. So you start to look at all the, the wholesale changes potentially for teams that's out there. Those are two guys. If I'm looking at a wide receiver and I'm looking at that position that I may want to add to my team to get that value going forward. And OBJ is certainly a, a player that if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm not sending him to the to the AFC in the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that I'm trying to catch. I'll be a damn fool to trade OBJ to the Kansas City Chiefs. Devontae Parker, different situation. The Miami Dolphins got a long ways to go to catch the Kansas City Chiefs. The Cleveland Browns are right there. So if I'm Cleveland, I'm not sending OBJ to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I got to see him or he's in the way of me every single year when I'm trying to make a run into the playoffs. Jay Will, you brought up several weeks ago Sammy Watkins not being on Kansas City is kind of an underrated, kind of under-the-radar sneaky reason maybe why they don't have that third receiving, credible receiving target. Apologies, McCole Hardman, who mm-hmm. did some work last night. Play well. What about OBJ to the Chiefs from your point of view? I mean, I, I, I hear exactly what Key's point is, trading them in the conference. I just something about seeing OBJ with Travis Kelsey, with Tyreek Hill, and how they play, having the optionality like Patrick Mahomes. And look, I'm in complete agreement with it, right? And when you watch the Giants playing 15 plus yards off the ball, right, you can't beat them over the top. And those underneath routes, it just felt like Patrick Mahomes wasn't just disciplined, right? Like there is that Houdini about him where he wants to go for the significant play, but just staying disciplined. I feel like having an, a third option that can draw attention like OBJ just continues to open up the playbooks. But there is a discipline level to this key for Patrick Mahomes in order to find that again because it does feel like watching him, he presses a ton. And just last night you saw it, pressing and pressing and pressing instead of just taking what was right there. I can't tell you how many times Eli and Peyton pointed it out during the broadcast. Well, I mean, if the defense knows that here are his top two options and you don't have a spectacular – if you look, look, just look at Tom Brady and the Bucks. they got a million spectacular options, right? Baker Mayfield, speaking of Odell Beckham, was asked at the post-game presser, uh, the Browns post-game presser, about the fact that only one target went to Odell. Listen to his response. I this. Uh, I mean, like I said, they, they did some, you know, their base foundation scheme-wise. We, you know, we have to find ways to format it and get the ball in his hands. Um, you know, we're not trying to force it to anybody. We have a talented skill group, so I just have to continue to go through Marie's and do that. But, um, yeah, we, we can do a better job of uh, getting the ball in his hands, getting him going early and, and, and fixing that, yeah. Yeah, ain't none of that. I, I don't, Baker, you cool and everything, and we can format it and we can do all this and that. No, man, the ball is in your damn hands. It's your responsibility to get to do the ball. He's the best wide receiver y'all got. There's no rhyme or reason whatsoever that OBJ is not getting the opportunities 
to use his talent. I understand that he had a few drops a week ago, or he had a shoulder injury that you know kind of uh, helped some of the, the drops. He got in the way of some of those drops. But at the end of the day, you are the quarterback. You got to get that dude the ball. It just ain't nothing else to be talked about. I don't want to hear nothing about we need to do figure it out in a better way. No, 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 no. Number 13 is on the field. Get him the damn ball, this, man. This is, this is really... There's nothing else to talk about about that. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield sit up there and try to explain to me mm-hmm. and explain to the world, oh, we got to go through certain formations. We got to do certain things, Jay. We're not doing it. Get the dude the damn ball, man. Key. In order to be successful, that's why he's there because he's a talent. And you know what's happening too, Key? I, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was reading these articles about how livid you will be. Because now all these articles are coming out saying about it, what is the trade value for OBJ? Has it diminished? And I'm sitting there saying, yo, this dude is special. He's just not being prioritized in the offense. But now people are talking about, is his trade value diminished? Well, that's, that's what I was about to say is the real issue here is the Browns were foolish with the way they handled Odell, the whole Odell situation in the sense that it was apparent for over a year now that Baker and Odell lacked chemistry. They don't seem to like each other, at least not on the field, which is sometimes an outgrowth of other things, right? The value was higher when they were, you would think – then, not when the trade deadline's approaching and every team knows they can't get anything for him because his contract is up at the end of the season after right now. So if the Browns aren't going to get a lot from if his value's diminished, it's not just because of what's happening on the field. It's because the way the Browns waited, they held on too long. I mean, Key, what, like, uh, was it not obvious that these two don't sync up? Well, it's a, it, you don't move a guy because you can't figure out how to make it work. You, you try and figure out how to make it work until such due time that you realize it's not going to work. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns, as, as much as I'd like to move on from Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr.'s do not walk through that door when fully healthy. It just, it's, it's a hard replacement. Think about it. The New York Giants are still trying to replace him. It's just a hard replacement. So where does you he have go? a guy like that. What you want to do is you want to try to figure out how to make it work because he certainly is there to help you and not hinder the process. It's up to Baker Mayfield who's calling the plays. I understand progressions and reads. You know how many progressions and reads I've been in in my career? You know how many I was the, 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 the first option and the third option, which means it was going to be one, two, and three, and I wasn't taking my eyes off of him until such due time that absolutely could not throw him the football. Mm. Do you think he will be a Cleveland Brown at 4 p.m. today? Yeah. Yes, I do. Do you but, think no, that's no, a wait, mistake, wait, wait. or is that a good yeah. idea? That's exactly well, right. I mean, if, first of all, you're asking him to come into – you're asking to trade him to a team and come into a system and learn a new system in the middle of the season. That's extremely hard to do, to be able to have him out there – being productive. Because one thing you cannot do is you cannot think and play. If you are thinking and trying to play, that is not going to work for you. It's just it, it, it doesn't work. I can't do that. And he won't get up to speed fast enough to help a team at the level of his skill set. We're not talking about a guy like if you told me Deshaun Jackson's on the trading block and I'm trading for Deshaun Jackson. Good. I can, I, I'm Simpler. looking for that. Yeah. Vertical stretch game. This is all I need you to do. OBJ is is where Deshaun was 10 years ago. So it's a different type of trade opposed to a guy who 
hey, I'm a I'm Von Miller. All I need to do is go smell a quarterback, see ball, get ball. That's a different trade than a receiver who has got to line up, who has to block, who has a ton of responsibilities. Will he Will he be on the Browns after 4 p.m. today, Max? Yes, I think he will. But will he want personally want to be on the Browns? I wouldn't want to be if I were OBJ. I just I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to be able to figure this one out, and I don't think. Kevin Stefanski or management is going to help Baker Mayfield figure Here, it out. Kid. Here's what I do know. He wants the, to win, the, and I get that. Here's what I do know on the OBJ front is he's not looking to move. He yeah. just wants them to figure out how he can be involved the, to help the team win. Um, peep, just to, to remind everyone how ridiculous this guy is, broke in the league. He's 22 years old. 1,300 yards, 12 TDs. 1,450 yards, 13 TDs. 1,367 yards, 10 TDs with the remains of Eli Manning as quarterback and a bad offensive line and no running game back then. This dude is crazy. Danny Dimes and his struggles in primetime. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max ESPN Radio coming right up. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.